If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 is where we're going to be. Chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. If you don't have a Bible, just slip your hands up. The ushers will grab one for you. We began this chapter last week, and I, I started the, the, the week last week with uh, a challenge this year to make this year about maturity. One of the benefits we have in, in just calendar years is a new, new calendar year kind of brings about kind of a pause moment, a stop moment where you can, you can kind of look at where your life is now versus where it was at the beginning of the year before. And it's kind of just a, a benchmark to kind of go, okay, well, at the beginning of the year, I'd hoped that I'd see this in my life or I'd, I'd prayed for God to do this. And, and now the end of the year, what, what happened? And the year before, I challenged you at the beginning of 2016 to make that a year of authenticity. And last week, if you weren't here, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the podcast. We don't have time to cover it. But I challenged you and said that this is the year that we're going to push for maturity. Said that very easily, we can be very authentic but immature. I I use my my six-month-old son as an example. He's as authentic as they come, but he's very, very immature. And similarly, I think a lot of us are authentic, or maybe God has brought about authenticity over this last year, but now he's calling for you to not just be authentic in what you do or don't believe, but to be mature in that. And that's our, that's our push, and that's our call. The, the, the book of Ephesians has been an incredible book that we've been working through, and in chapter four, the beginning was, was again reminding us to, to walk in a manner worthy of our calling. And then as we get into the scripture today, like we read last week, chapter 12, or chapter 4, verse 12 through 16, we, we now get to see through the rest of 4, the entirety of 4, we're going to get to see essentially what does maturity look like. And what I did last week, and I, again, you have to go back and listen to it, but I said there's three ways that God matures us. So these three ways are ways in which we want to see God bring about maturity. As we look through the rest of Ephesians 4 here, we're going to see what maturity looks like. And the, the three ways, uh, again, one of them was, was iron sharpens iron, that we are, we are to be in discipleship relationships. I challenge you to both be pouring into someone, be walking along as a peer, and then find someone to be pouring into you as well. And then the second one was through God's word. We see that God's word is what brings about maturity, is understanding and knowing what the scriptures say. And this isn't just being able to, to memorize scripture, but, but truly knowing what they mean for our life and how they play out in obedience. And then the third way was trials. God will use trials to mature us. And these are trials that aren't brought on by our own sins, but brought on from the outside in. And he uses all of those differently. There's, there's more than that, but those are three ways we can see biblically that God does move in our lives to bring about maturity. Well, as we look in chapter four, verse 12 here, we're gonna see the beginning of some of what maturity looks like and through the rest of chapter four. So again, Ephesians chapter four, verse 12 through 16 is where we are. It says, uh, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Our, our maturity is, 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 is essentially completed. So this is these gifts that are brought in, these, these roles that we play, the unity that he's called at the beginning of, of, of Ephesians 4, bringing about diversity in our gifts, are meant to build up the body of Christ. And in that building up, we bring about maturity. And maturity not only does a number of things, but what, it, what it, its complete fullness is, is looking like Christ. When we, when we play full maturity, when we, when we personify maturity, we, we exemplify the fullness of Christ as a body. And so he says, verses 14, now here's, here's why maturity. Why, why is maturity a big deal? So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. 
Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. And so the Apostle Paul says, look, complete fullness, to be completed, this mature word, to be completed, it it, it actually is a a posture that's submitted to Christ's head. And then when all of these parts play, we see kind of the review at the end here, when all these parts play together, we, we exemplify, we show what the body of Christ is supposed to be. And he says, if you're not mature, then you're at risk of being tossed to and fro. You're at risk of being tossed to and fro. So, so question for you. How, how many of you have ever, um, have ever known someone that theologically or doctrinally or understanding the scriptures has been all over the board depending upon their life situation? Raise, raise your hand if you know someone like that. Okay, only a few of you know people. You're just too embarrassed to raise your hand. It's okay. Maybe you don't know a lot of people like that. I, f- I feel like there's a lot of people, including my life, my own life, I've seen at times where I've been tossed to and fro. I've seen areas in which, which we're susceptible to falling away and, and giving ourselves to some kind of thinking. And I, I think that, that this is an incredible stage of life where we have information at our fingertips like we've never had before. We have the ability to pick, you could literally pick a verse and type it in Google and say, why do people not like this or why do people like this? And you'll get a massive list of us and they thinking on each verse. We believe this, they believe that, and both sides feel like they're steeped in scriptures and that they're true. In fact, it, it's, it's amazing that the, the, the amount of books we can read and, and podcasts we can listen to. I wanna be really clear on this on the front end. I'm all for podcasts and I'm all for reading books. I love doing both of those and I do both of those on a weekly basis. But if we're not careful about what we're listening to, if we're not careful about what we're reading, we are at risk of being tossed to and fro. And what's even worse is I think a lot of us in this room, whether we know it or not, because of our immaturity, and that's not to be a slam, but because of our immaturity, the Hebrews author talking about us still needing milk instead of eating meat when we should have, we should have moved beyond that at this point but because of laziness or complacency or just assuming we knew enough growing up, we just stopped learning, we are immature. And because of our immaturity, a lot of us are tossed to and fro, and we don't even know it. We just kind of, we're just kind of bouncing around and have no idea that we're on one side or the other. We just kind of keep going through life and go, oh, this is a different view of life. Okay, oh, this is a different view of life. And we're just bounced back and forth. And the very first reason that the Apostle Paul calls us to mature, calls us to be mature, uh, to maturity, is because we are at risk of being tossed to and fro doctrinally. That's where doctrine can essentially be teaching. Uh, I'm assuming that most of you have read a book outside of the Bible, unless you're just like, man, I only read the Bible. Like, good job. But I'm, I'm assuming most of you have read a book outside of the Bible. I'm assuming some of you or most of you have listened to a podcast. My question is this, how well do you know that author or that speaker? My bet is is you don't. And the reason why I say that is because how many of us have experienced, unfortunate, the, the travesty of some author that's been influential in our life for the Lord's work or some speaker that's been influential in our life and their life has completely obliterated and they've abandoned, seemingly abandoned their faith. See, the reality is, is, is I'm not, I'm not, causing or wanting to bring about skepticisms to every single person that sits in my seat or every single podcast you listen to, therefore you should just go into it going, I don't trust a single thing you say. 
That's, that's not the posture we're looking for. That's actually not very unifying in Acts. But if we're not careful, my assumption is a lot of us get stuck in these certain scholars, these certain theologians, or there's certain pastors or podcasters or leadership or authors, and we start following them as if they are the word of truth. And the issue is, is that when culture clashes in that, or when the truth of God's word confronts what one of them are saying, where do you lean? If you find yourself leaning to an individual, a lot of times it's not as grounded in this as you think. And so the Apostle Paul is challenging the people in Ephesians. Again, if you remember back to the very beginning, the church of Ephesus was, was struggling culturally. The culture was, was influencing the church in ways far beyond the church influencing culture the way it's supposed to be done. And culture was affecting it. And what was happening is, is some of the cultural beliefs have worked their way into the church and they started operating as if that was truth. Similar to a lot of us in our lives right now. We allow culture to define what is or isn't truth. We allow, we allow a scholar that we prefer to define what is or isn't truth as opposed to allowing God's word to speak to us. I had a friend that was, um, he would, like, I would have called him the podcast fiend. Like this guy, you could not say a podcast in and around the church for most of the people that he hadn't listened to. I mean, the guy listened to him all the time. And it was like, oh yeah, I've heard that. You couldn't, you would literally like, oh, this one podcast, oh yeah, I listened to the bubble, and he'd just retain it, and it was awesome, and he listened to podcasts like crazy. And then one of my other friends asked him one time we were sitting, he's like, hey, when's the last time you just read God's word instead of letting someone else read it to you? And he's like, oh, well, it's, huh. Well, at the Bible, st- no, 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 not, not like in a group setting. When was the last time you opened your Bible and asked God to speak to you through the Bible as opposed to speaking through someone else to you? He's like, man, I, I, I can't remember. And it's not that the podcast you were listening to is bad. It's, it's, that, it's that he's using other people's voices more importantly than God's. And we are called to use other people's voices. We'll get there in a second. But these two words that come in here is craftiness. Depending on your version, you have craftiness or trickery or cunning or deceitful schemes. This is the this, this scripture that he talks about here. He says, you'll be tossed to and fro. Why? Because of there's craftiness or there's cunning ability of individuals or deceitful schemes, which could in, in turn, some scholars believe is, is a reference to Satan himself in his deceitful schemes as the father of lies. But either way, this word cunning and crafty is actually a gambling word. It, it initially showed up in the Greek as a dice game. And essentially they were saying what was happening is the dice game, dice were loaded. And so the individual that was putting the game out was, was rigging the game. They were, they were using trickery or craftiness. They were cunning people to bet and gamble to lose money. So they were stacking the deck, so to say, in their favor. One scholar said it this way. I wrote it down. It says, today, despite our unprecedented education, sophistication, freedom, and access to God's word and sound Christian teaching, it seems that every religious phony can find a ready hearing and financial support from among God's people. The number of foolish, misdirected, corrupt, and even heretical leaders to whom many church members willingly give their allegiance and money to is incredibly disheartening. We, we, if we're not careful, we will give ourselves to unhealthy teaching. Even, even as you listen to me speak, it's the reason why we're grounded in Scripture because I have nothing of value to say that isn't in Scripture. But you're still to take what I say and run it through the scriptures yourself. Otherwise, you're at risk of being tossed to and fro. So the reason why God or the Apostle Paul tells us to be mature is because if we're not mature, we're at risk of being tossed to and from. And my bet is, and I, I know a lot of you, like we have some insatiable readers in this place. And I love that. 
but it doesn't always transfer to insatiable reading of God's word. We have a lot of people that love blogs. Man, I love, that person's so good at writing. We're not spending any time in the scriptures. Look, I, I get the excuse. You know, some of you, I, if I were to ask what are you reading, most of you college students would be like, oh, chemistry or whatever else you have to be reading, right? Like, oh. But, but the reality is we have space in our life to be reading God's word. Because to say that we don't would mean that, that we're never on Facebook or Instagram or ESPN News whatever it may be, right? To say that we, we have no time would mean that literally all of our reading time is just in the scriptures or, well, it's just in the schoolwork that I have to do right now. If you're not in God's word, you're at risk of being tossed to and fro. And what's really, really beautiful, it's, 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 it's called a chiasm, essentially. There's two, he, he, he abruptly changes his language in verse 14 and 15. He, he talks about these deceitful schemes and then he goes right into it and he says, rather, Rather, instead, so, so instead of being tossed to and from, instead of allowing the deceitful schemes to lend you in unhealthy doctrine, rather, here's a way to, to show about maturity. Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. If you, wanna, if you wanna see your life be at less risk from being tossed to and from, well, one of the ways is truth and love. Well, now, here's the problem with this statement itself. First off, it, it, it carries with it a very, very, very big assumption. And that assumption is that you are with people that will speak the truth in love to you. So if you right now, you are like, I'm isolated. I mean, I got my husband, I got my wife, or you know what? I just got my schoolmates, and, and we're just, we're just kind of isolated this way. Then you're, you're, you're in a spot, in a posture, where you're not actually going to be hearing truth and love. You've postured yourself that way. There's a lot of pride in this position, in all honesty. In fact, probably most of us would say we long for community. We long for people to be able to speak the truth and love in us. But what we do is we get ourselves close enough that we can keep our stiff arm out. You know, so the, the people that you ask, like, man, you doing okay? And they're like welling up with tears. Yeah, everything's great. You sure? Yep. No, oh, man, I'm feeling perfectly fine. Like, you look like you're about to cry. Yeah, so what? Nothing's wrong. And they just are a closed book because of whatever fear or struggle they may have, they distance themselves. Well, if you were postured like that to be in a spot of receiving truth in love, it's very hard. And I would contend, although there's reasons to posture ourselves at times, we've been hurt in the past, or whatever it may be, it's a, it's a position of pride. If you isolate yourselves from community, you're, you're essentially saying, I'm good enough on my own. I don't need anyone else. When the very root of this walking with the Lord is tied with each other, Apostle Paul says, you want to understand how to make sure that you're not being tossed to and fro? Well, it's other people speaking of the truth to you in love. Now, just a show of hands. You guys, you kind of, I'm not going to lie, you kind of failed a little bit on your show of hands last time, so I'm giving you a prep warning, okay? So show of hands. How many of you have ever had, how many of you have ever had someone in your life speak truth to you? Like where they said, hey, this isn't, this isn't God, what God's word says, but I think you need to do this. How many of, show of hands, how many have ever had that? Okay, great. Keep your hands up if they did it in a loving way. Okay, a decent amount. Okay. Put your hands down. You don't have to raise your hand for this, but how many of you have ever spoke truth to someone else? Okay? <laughs> Keep your hands up if you did it in a loving way. Whoops. <laughs> you know what's interesting? There's this, this, this scripture here, speaking the truth in love. It's not speaking honestly. It's not what he's talking about here. Although there are plenty of scriptures we can go to about honesty and not being deceitful or lying. Plenty of scripture about that. What he's literally speaking about is speaking the truth of God's word to one another. It's, it's saying, hey, brother, hey, sister, this in your life is, 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 is not lining up with what scriptures say. And so I am, as your brother and your sister, coming to you with this. 
right, when I say that, some of us start puckering in, in uncomfortable positions, right? Like, whoa, 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 you stay out of my life. I, I said this last week. Our fear of speaking the truth in love is, is we're afraid of judging people. As a follower of Jesus, you have permission to judge another follower of Jesus. You have a, in fact, you've been biblically commanded to do so. Our understanding of what judge means is not condemning. We are not free. In fact, it is sinful to condemn. The only one that can condemn is God. But I, as a follower of Jesus, have friends in my life that follow Jesus. They can come to me and say, Bren, by judgment of looking at what your life is doing here, as opposed to lining it up with the, with the fruit of the Spirit, it's not matching. When I look at your life, there isn't gentleness there. And therefore, I'm coming to you to tell you the truth that God calls you to be more gentle. Let me walk with you in this. Let me help you with this. It's posturing ourselves in a way that we can do this. If you don't have people in your life that you can do that with, you're in trouble. You're, you're going to struggle and struggle and struggle to find maturity. Speaking the truth in love. Uh, Danny shared, shared it with me this way. He said, truth in its full maturity would carry about love. Love in its full maturity would bring about truth. They would be one in the same. Uh, one of the most perplexing scriptures to me ever is that Jesus Christ was both fully grace and fully truth. I feel like I have been really good at sharing truth to people with the lacking grace part at times in my life. We are called to speak the truth and love to one another. Now here's the other problem. And I want to go back. I want to kind of dust off our brains just a few, few verses. If you can, turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 at the very beginning. Just one page back. Very beginning. Again, the Apostle Paul was urging people to walk in a manner worthy of their calling. What's the very beginning attribute of that? Of the calling? With all what? Humility. Why would the Apostle Paul do that? Well, because let me tell you right now, I can't tell you how many times either me or other individuals in my life have tried to speak the truth in love to someone and it's been received by harshness back, attacking. Why? Because they're prideful. We are in a prideful position where we are not postured in a way to receive truth. It was like two weeks ago that Danny, my friend, came to me and said, hey, Brent, there's something I see in your life. I just want you to be aware of this. I don't think it's a big issue yet, but I think it could be. If I don't have relationships like that, if I'm postured in pride, I can be like, you know what? You know what? Here's what's wrong with you, Danny. Or I can let him speak that truth into me. I say, man, you're right. How do I get out of this? How do I keep this from happening? What are ways in which I can work through this? If we are not postured in a humble way, then the only other option is pride. And like I said, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And some of you right now, you're really smart. You're smart and you're really well-read. But all of your smarts and all of your well-readness is not rooted, founded, and saturated in the scripture. And so you have all sorts of great ideas and leadership principles and, and counseling principles and all those things are beautiful and good. I'm not saying that they're not. But if they are not rooted and founded in God's word, you are at risk. And dare I say, probably already being tossed to and fro. So the question that begs itself is, when you're confronted with truth, how do you receive it? Maybe that, you know, someone that confronted you with truth before, like, how did you receive it? Some of you, like I said right now, you, you may not have raised your hand because no one has spoken truth to you in a long time, which lends itself to two issues. Either you are isolated from people and they don't feel like they have the position or the right to speak so into your life, or the community around you is just afraid of speaking truth. If we are, if we are at a spot, this is why I challenge us with authenticity, is that a lot of people can say I'm authentic and well, here's who I am and this is just the way I am as if this is the, the reality of it. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is, I'm, just, I'm just kind of a jerk. That's just how I am. You know what? Like, it's cool. 
wait, but you, you profess to follow Jesus. Yeah, 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 that's cool. There's someone there that he says it's okay to be a jerk. No, no, he doesn't. The truth is you're called to be kind. And yeah, you are a jerk, but God can reveal and restore and redeem that. The other issue in this is if we're not steeped or saturated in the scripture and we start spending all of our time and just what we read, what we're doing is all of us have an upbringing that's unhealthy. I'm not saying just parenting, but we have an upbringing of truth that can be very unhealthy at times. And so we, if we're not careful, if we're not in the scriptures, then we start bringing in some form of new agey truth that tries to work with the scripture truth and we just kind of marry those things as opposed to where we're gonna get dying to the old self and putting on the new self. If you, if you believe things as truth in your life and they aren't in the scriptures, there's gonna be issues. If, if, if you come to the spot and, and dare be a little too offensive and you come, ah, just, this, this isn't full truth, this is, kind of, there's, this is relative truth, you're in trouble. Because the scriptures teach that they're the truth. In fact, Jesus Christ says that he himself is the truth of God. He is the word of God. Now study it. Question it. Challenge each other. Work through it. Oh man, that is the best thing ever. But do it in a posture of humility and unity. My bet is, is some of you in here right now, you've, you've spent a lot of time in the church. In fact, I know a lot of you have spent a lot of time in the church. And you're just kind of hanging on what you once learned back in the day. And you're not really applying yourself like you would, say, a new relationship. You've got to win her over, right? Or you're not really applying yourself like, well, I'm in school and this is where I really have to work to get these degrees. Like, you're not applying yourself to understanding or knowing the Lord any more than what you've already done. You're just kind of banking on what I once learned. In fact, some of you, you're using excuses. Well, I didn't learn it there, so I'm probably not going to learn it here instead of posturing yourselves in humility and saying, I need other people to speak the truth in love. Here's a daring question. This will test every single one of your friendships. Maybe don't do this in your marriage without some counselors, okay? Go up to someone that's close to you and say, hey, where are areas in me that you see that are short to God's word? What are areas in which you see, man, they're just like, I, you, it says be gentle, but I'm just not seeing gentleness. It, it, says, it says don't be addicted or, or you're, you're, well, I'm addicted to this. Okay, like, what are the areas in my life that aren't lining up with scriptures? I, I, I dare you to ask that. And here, now hang on. If you get received that question, Maybe pause to at least pretend you're thinking about it for a second, okay? <laughs> like, don't just, oh, this, 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 this. Like, if you've been thinking like that, the other issue is why haven't you spoken that truth to that friend? See, see the issue is, is that we believe, for some reason, we've, we believe the lie that we can't speak into each other's lives. Or how dare they speak into each other's life? In fact, if someone confronts you, you can just leave. Go find another community that won't confront you. Be as safe as possible. And, and you know what? The worst, that's the worst spot to be. I challenge you, ask that, say, say I, this may hurt. You pray for immense humility. You pray for ears to listen. I had one person once tell me this. This is a, a few months back. They said, I am sick and tired of everyone telling me that I treat my wife, wife with disrespect. I went, okay, buddy. <laughs> no guarantee that, I mean, everyone could hypothetically be seeing something drastically different than you. But in reality, look at the people that are saying it to you. Are they really people that want you to, you know, your demise or, or hate you? No, these are friends. And they're all seeing something. So, so you're showing something, or she's sharing something. If you keep hearing it over and over and over again in your life, it's not that people are just judgmental and mean. It's that God's trying to mature you. How? By iron sharpening iron. We have, we have so many, so many people. My heart breaks at this because I, I have been in this very same spot. So many of us that just assume or just accept this kind of sort of following Jesus with most of the time obedient, but just totally okay with all these other areas that God's word speaks drastically to. In fact, look, you just stick around. The rest of Ephesians 4 and 5 are gonna be hard for all of us to get through. 
He's, God is going to push on us to mature. And here, here's the thing. I've never had a situation in my life where I've come out more mature thinking, that was the easiest thing ever. Man, if I knew maturity was that easy, I would just do that all the time. No, maturity is difficult. And mostly because we're stubborn, we're prideful, we're arrogant, we're harsh. So what is it with you? Here's the other thing that I think we need to know is that these authors you read and these scholars you study and these, these people you teach, if you've ever spent any time looking into any other religions out there, you know what the goal and the aim is? Is to be just close enough to truth that it's really hard to discern the difference. Man, it, all, it tastes good, it smells good, even what I'm hearing sounds good, but something just looks a little off. Oh, well, it tastes good, it smells good, and looks good. The enemy is, is deceitful. He's the, he's the father of lies. So he's going to use every means possible to get someone to believe something that's just close enough that they feel satisfied in that moment. So if you're, not, if you're not saturated in God's word, if you're not chewing and studying and allowing it to confront you in one area, what are the areas, other areas that you're not seeing that it's confronting you and you're just ignoring? If God's word comes to you at you and says, you know what, like, I, I'm telling you to not be undrunk on anything but in the Holy Spirit. And you continually say, well, I know that, but it was just a little drunk. That is a posture that proves that there are other areas in your life that you are unaware that you're being tossed to and fro. If you will willingly disregard a truth as a follower of Jesus, you are in a very dangerous spot. So what we do in that position instead is we keep everyone at distance Stiff arm them. Don't get in gospel community. Okay, when they share prayer requests, share about my dogs, cousins, aunts, brothers, twice removed, friend. Don't ever talk about myself. Because if I start talking about myself, if I start letting people in, well, I could get hurt. You know what? You're right. You could get hurt. But you'll also be mature. And God will bring about that pain and those trials to mature you, to strengthen you. For what? He says it at the end. It's beautiful. Not so that he can make you some awesome person. You can say, I'm awesome. No. So that when everything's working properly, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. When you understand truth and you're mature in truth, you can't help but operate in love. A lot of us are really good at truth or love, one or the other. And someone disagreed with me, but I, I feel like I tend to lean on the truth side more than love. And without people around me challenging me and encouraging me and rebuking me in God's word, like I... I'm susceptible to some pretty dark ugliness, as are you. So if you are daring enough, the band's gonna come up and we're gonna worship, but if you are daring enough, if you are courageous enough, I, I challenge you. I challenge you to make this a year of maturity. I challenge you that as we work through these characteristics of maturity, I, in fact, start reading through the rest of four today. Just read chapter four every single day for the next few weeks while we're in it. And let those words hit you and say, am I... Am, Am I defined by malice? Like, would, would someone define me as an angry person? What, what are these characteristics that would define and show maturity? Is, is, is my life marked by that? Or am I falling short? Well, here's the best part about falling short is that Christ has already won for us. He has already been victorious for us. But as you walk, I also challenge you. I, I challenge you to ask someone, your closest friend, your closest friend that is following the Lord. <laughs> that would be helpful. Say, what are areas that you see me lack maturity. And then when they say it, you buck up and, oh man, that could hurt. In fact, some of you right now, you've been thinking about someone to go say that to right now. My, my, my recommendation is that you spend the next four days on your hands and knees multiple times a day praying for that individual before you say a single word to them. 
And if someone approaches you in that, don't assume it's because they have some hidden agenda. Trust that. If you hear something or you read some book, you're like, man, this seems amazing. Do this. I had a friend this week actually in the church here. He, was, he, was, he texted me. He said, hey, is, is this individual a, biblical, um, a, a, a good biblical teacher? I was like, man, that is such a great question. I was able to share it. Well, I haven't followed him for a few years, but here's what I know of him in the past. This, this individual, what he's doing is saying, I don't want to listen to anything that isn't structured or set in the scriptures. Instead of just trying to figure it out on his own, he started asking other individuals. What if we started doing that? Here, here's the other thing that's funny. It's not our job to defend someone else's position. It's our job to just point them to scripture. It's our job to say, what does the scripture say in light of what they shared? Father, we pray boldly that you would bring about maturity God, I understand that when I say that, that means that pain is coming to some of us. Um, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna rip, rip away maybe the, the strongest grip ever of pride or distance or fear that may be there, God. I pray that you do an amazing work in the hearts of every individual in here. That we wouldn't just see or hope or look for some distant mature version of us, but instead would submit ourselves to letting you mature us, Father. And God, I pray for the individuals in here that just continually, continually forsake getting into your word. God, I pray that you would just Bring about life as they read, as they hear. Bring about knowledge about who you are and what your character says and what you, you teach us to do and what it means for us to follow you. Father, I, I boldly ask that you would, you would give each of us the right dose of humility so that when someone does come to us, we can, we can see it not as an opportunity to defend ourselves, but as an opportunity to grow in maturity for you. And Father, forgive us, the individuals in here that have seen deficiencies to your word or seen in our friends, seen people... Um, continually walk in half-truths or not-truths at all, God, as they walk in lies, and being afraid to bring that up. God, forgive us for that. God, I pray that we would mature. I pray that we would not be tossed to and fro, but would be rooted, anchored in your word. Some of us for the first time ever, some of us digging that anchor in deeper, and some of us finally planting that anchor as it's been just kind of skimming along the bottom of the ground. But God, we pray for maturity. We love you. It's in Jesus' name, amen.